Thank you so much for joining me today, Dina. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to meet you. Um, okay, girl. So I've been stalking you on TikTok <laughs> for quite some time. I love your videos. Um, and I love the content that you create. You're so positive and you give such good tips and stuff. Um, I love your name, by the way. Dina Pernur. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how can I make this different? There's uh, someone I follow who is really big and her name is Latina Preneur. And I'm like, well, that's already taken. I guess I'll have to put my name on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. No, I love it. I love it. Um, and, and then you kind of went quiet on us. Dina? I did. But don't, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Don't say anything just yet. Okay. I want to okay. know actually about you. I want to get to know you because I've been so curious. I'm like, okay where's Dina from like what's her story how did you get here like I just would love to know more about you yeah I mean it's been a journey so I'm actually from Minnesota really really cold right now we just had <laughs> like a snowstorm uh, and I am in so much need of the sun so for anyone that's living in the midwest I feel you <laughs> we're almost done it's almost March literally a day away from when we're recording this um, yes. but yeah I grew up in Minneapolis south Minneapolis to be exact um, I grew up with my grandparents who immigrated from Mexico and my mom too um, and I went to school in South Minneapolis as well, and that was a whole roller coaster. <laughs> um, and then I graduated from college in 2019 from the University of Minnesota with a bachelor's degree in psychology. Hold I on, really hold thought, on. Don't, don't overskip that. <laughs> oh, the claps. I love it. Yes, girl. That's so sweet. Thank <laughs> you. I feel like I oftentimes forget what a big achievement that is just because Huge. I'm not necessarily using it right now. And I feel like a lot of us can relate in that aspect. Um, but no, yeah, I was the first to graduate in my family. So that was super, super difficult. But I'm so proud of all the work I accomplished there. And literally right after I graduated was the pandemic. So <laughs> like those first few years of being an adult, you know, was kind of just figuring out this whole pandemic. And um, I job hopped a lot. So I started um, working in a group home for people with autism. And oh, I kind wow. of figured out, yeah, <laughs> that was a really hard job. Oh my I, God. I did not last very long. I felt like um, it wasn't the right environment for me, myself. And then I kind of learned that I was being severely underpaid now, looking back at it now. Mm -hmm. And there's just a lot of friction with the boss and I just didn't feel comfortable anymore. So I left that job and tried to transition in more so of a teaching role. So I worked at a daycare, a bilingual daycare for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really fun working with the toddlers. And I really liked it. And then I was working there actually when like the pandemic was in full swing. Oh so that was really scary. Um, but we're here now. Yes. <laughs> and Girl, so you've had a hardship of like maybe the last three years, right? 
Yeah, I just because it's a lot of change. It is a lot of change, and I realize that now. I just really wanted to find something that um, I felt was right for me, and I think a lot of us, uh, after we graduate from college, we think like we find that job and we have to stay there for one year at least, and I that's just never been my thing. Um, Good for <laughs> if you. Someone, Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> If someone disrespects me, if someone or if I just don't like the vibe that is going on there, I leave or try to find something better. Um, So and I mean, with that comes a lot of change, but I think also a lot of growth. And it is a very scary thing to do. But (laughs) I've learned so much from all those different positions that I've had. Yes. Um, and then throughout that, too, I kind of realized, like, I, I've i always been creative at heart. I've always loved to draw, act, dance, like, something that's, like, within me that's just love to be creative. I love to create things. So I was yes. like, how can I incorporate that into my career and so I kind of like did some research and it kind of started off as like virtual assisting social media management um and then I think my true dream was to really be a content creator um I grew up in the era of YouTube yes yes. (laughs) and I am obsessed with YouTube um (laughs) and like that's like a long-term dream of mine is to eventually have that be a career just because I feel like there's so much um, to do there in terms of educating others and building this community that I just don't see a Latina community that talks about like wellness, uh, building this safe space. Um, And that's kind of the lack that I saw and which is why I decided to start that TikTok in the first place. Like, because I love learning about like self-development and um, wellness and all that in general. And I just kind of noticed that there was a lack of people that talked about those things but from a latina perspective a first gen perspective and i'm like i think that's missing so let me just make it happen and and that's be... exactly what drew me to you oh that's when so i saw first generation i was like oh my god because i do feel like there is a space for us and let's just hold on let me because this is so much to unpack let me break it down okay so your your grandparents and your mom what year did they immigrate over to the U.S. Mm, it was so I have to think (laughs) so (laughs) long ago yeah super long ago at least at least 30 years ago if not more so first my grandpa came over and once he kind of found a job and was able to find a safe space then my mom and her brother and my grandma came over and my mom actually went to and my mom and my uncle actually went to high school here so they were kind of the ones to like you know not speak any sort of English and really transition into high school and like that's a completely culture shock like such a culture shock for them I can't even imagine girl Um, I mean it is it's already (laughs) for our parents right because my parents immigrated here in the 70s um and it it, I'm like how did you do it like there was no google there was social media like how did you find jobs how did you know what social security was like who (laughs) helped you and you know bless their heart because I feel because they were in such a new place 
and they didn't know the culture they didn't know the language they didn't understand maybe the system how things work because it works completely different from mexico um some of their fears are instilled into us Mm-hmm. So we're supposed to be like kind of on survival mode all the time. And yeah. I just realized that it's okay not to be on survival mode. <laughs> like late Seriously. into my 30s, right? But oh, I'm like, no, it's just like, hold on. Like I know the system, right? Because I grew up mm-hmm. here. Um, Where did they immigrate from? What part of Mexico? Uh, They're from Morelos. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, So girl okay so you're so so your so your mom was able to go to high school here did she graduate Mm -hmm. she did graduate she actually had me her senior year of high school so I have baby pictures of her holding me at the at her graduation ceremony and it's just the cutest thing (laughs) and she like tells me stories of like you know dropping me off at like the high school daycare and like if like she had a really close friend in high school that was able to kind of support her and so just hearing her talk about those things I'm like mom that's like a really big accomplishment and I think she undermines herself a lot which is you know big as like I feel like as Latinas we do that a lot and I'm like no mom that's like really big and I think she should be proud of that more because like Hold on, we need to give I your mom a round of applause seriously <laughs> wow I mean the fact wow that's amazing Dina okay so I'm starting to see where you get your strength from <laughs> and how you're such a fighter okay so so then you growing up with a teen mom how was that like what was that experience like because it's almost like you growing up with your mom yeah <laughs> literally um So she was a single mom. So I grew up with her and my grandparents and my grandpa acted as like almost my dad. Um, So I see him as a dad. Um, And it was (laughs) it was a lot. Um, Looking back at it now, I kind of feel guilty for not seeing how hard it was for her. Because, you know, as a kid, you just want your mom around. You just want to hang out with her. But she had to work and... Um, and she also wanted to enjoy su juventud and like I would kind of get jealous when she would go out but like no she deserved that but at the same time I'm like mom I just want to spend time with you but you know grow up later mom not right now (laughs) I know Uh, but you're a kid I mean I I can't even blame you for that because you didn't have you know or maybe you would see other classmates right because people show us what they want us to see so sometimes Mm -hmm. you feel like other families are perfect and you feel like they're all well put together and you might see the mom and the dad and you're like well why can't I have that and why is my mom going out and why you know I can imagine how that affected you growing up yeah it was not easy but at the same time um it was fun having a younger mom just because she's the reason I love reggaeton so much we actually went to um the sueños festival in Chicago <gasps> last year together so fun. yeah oh my god that sounds like a lot of fun how was it was it, it was like your really, first really big fun. event with your mom kind of yeah I mean 
like I said, she's always shared this love for reggaeton and she instilled it in me. Like, I remember like driving to school at like seven in the morning, like blasting <laughs> Wisin <Wissini> Yande. <laughs> And like, it, yeah, I love so, it. Like, those core memories of like just reggaeton playing. Um, so we both really share that love for music and dancing. Um, and she also instilled in me like this love for exercise. So I would go to the gym with her a lot too. Um, even if it's going to to La Sumba, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She'd bring yeah. me along, and like I don't know. Just so we would find ways. Yeah, yeah, we would find ways to kind of grow that relationship, and I, I loved that a lot. Yeah. Yes, girl. Oh my God. So you know, it seems like you had um, a difficult childhood, but there was still good things for you in them, mm -hmm. right? Because you got to enjoy your mom in a different way. Because girl, mm -hmm. I could not play reggaeton in my. <laughs> I had to wait till I got like you know my first car and even then like if my dad was gonna borrow the car or my mom I knew I had to take out my cds out of there <laughs> I couldn't leave those in there because my dad would have like <laughs> I would get a lecture um, so that is so cool to be able to do that with your mom even now I'm like mom can we listen to San Benito and she's like I know it's el diablo ese muchacho foto and you know she right. has like all these preconceived notions because my parents are very old school um, mm -hmm. so that must have been fun in a way um, alright girl so you, you're going to college and you decide on your major at any point during you doing your studies, were you like, this is my, that, this might not be what I want to do, but I'm already too far ahead. Um, so I actually didn't start with psychology. I started with, um, architecture. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I love to draw and I was like, I guess I'm okay at math. Let's try it out. But <laughs> <laughs> the first it. year wasn't how I thought it was going to be. Um, the program at my college was just very different. Um, and I just kind of realized it wasn't for me. Um, and I also had to take physics. <gasps> and physics is not my strong suit. Like, I, I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and that kind of like brought me down a little bit. Like, I did it. I think I, I almost failed the class. I got like a D, but like I could not care less. So I was like, I am so done <laughs> with this class. Like I even, ugh, I look back at it and we had a final and my, uh, can we cuss on here? Or yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> my dumbass forgot my calculator. So I'm just <gasps> sitting there like, <laughs> how am I going to finish this test? I'm not. I'm just going <laughs> to. <laughs> write random numbers down so oh my god girl yeah, I, I would have been sweating <laughs> I would have been sweating <laughs> not that I would have done any better with a calculator anyways so I was like I just took the L I was like uh, you know what it's okay we live and we learn yeah and then that's when I took the following semester took a psychology class and that's kind of where I fell in love with psychology I just there's something about like learning about the human experience and just and psychology is such a broad field um so I was like let's just start off here and see where it goes um and I really enjoyed the classes I liked learning what I was learning um 
But because psychology is such a big field, I didn't really know where I was going to go with it, whether I was going to be a therapist or um, my idea at the end of my college career was to be a speech pathologist. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, my brother has autism, so that has like a big inspiration in my career choice as well. Um working with people with disabilities, but I just couldn't handle it, unfortunately. It wasn't the career for me, but I still want to find a way to support that community. Um, but yeah, and then the reason I didn't go through with speech therapy is because of that experience working with uh, the people with autism in that house early on in my career and because I would have to go back and get my master's <laughs> and oh God, more school, yeah, more school. I love school, but I just cannot afford it. And so I was yeah. like, you know what, this is going to be where it is for now. But yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> I love that you're kind of, I, I, first of all, I admire you being honest with yourself and being open to go into different areas and dabble. Um, cause I don't know if you have the same mindset I do, girl. Sometimes I feel like a failure because mm -hmm. I'm trying so many things, but my therapist, <laughs> I love her. I always give her a shout out, Eva. She always makes me think from a different perspective. And it's like, no, instead of seeing yourself as a failure, you're actually being open to different things. A lot of people don't have that um that option i'm sure if you can go back and ask your grandparents what their dreams and hopes were definitely wasn't what they wanted to do right. um so the fact that you're doing that props to you i love that and i love that maybe my listeners can hear to this if they're going to school and you're not supposed to have it all figured out no not at all you're it's not. okay to Even try different things yes. Uh -huh. yes yeah like yeah even as like being like officially an adult now, even though I never feel like an adult, you're never going to have it figured out. And no. I think that's the beauty of life. Uh, as like hard as it is, that's really what life is about. So, <laughs> yes, 100 percent. Oh, my God. I might repeat that. I might play it back because it. <laughs> people need to say like people need to have that like engraved in their mind. It's OK not to have it all figured out. Like I said, I'm in my late 30s and sometimes I'm still thinking about things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but OK. And then you mentioned your brother. How much younger is your brother from you? He is three years younger than me. Wow. So you guys are mm -hmm. not that far apart from each no, other. Not too far. Mm mm. Wow, girl. Okay, so um, autism. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about that a little bit? I have um, my nephew that has Asperger's. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know. I was actually the one that, you know, reached out to my sister and was like, hey, you need to take him, get him checked because there's something yeah. off. Um, and till this day that's been really hard on my sister she doesn't speak on it she doesn't share about it and she actually I don't have a relationship with her. I don't want to get like too deep into it but I don't have mm -hmm. a relationship with her um for I think it's been like eight years but you know one of the biggest one of my biggest worries was that she would always hide him 
So even when people would come over, she would be like, "Metete al closet." Like I don't want people to talk about you or or get it, go into your room. Maybe yeah. not the closet, but go into your room mm-hmm. and and you know don't don't come out because I don't want people to make fun of you. And she like wanted to protect him. I don't think she meant it in a bad way, right? But he's not dumb. Mm-hmm. They understand so much better than we do. I feel. Um, but how did it affect you? Because, you know, we hear about, you know, the parents and all that, but the siblings can kind of get lost into it, too. I know for my nephew, he has two brothers and they sometimes were overlooked because of him. Yeah, I mean, I became so overprotective of him. Um we, I mean, because we're only three years apart, we would kind of get to go with, to school with each other for a year or two. Yeah. So I would always like kind of, you know, make sure where he, I, I knew where his classes were or um, especially in elementary school. I was super mm-hmm. <laughs> protective of him, um, especially because at that age, nobody or kids don't really understand what autism is and they kind of, you know look at it as a a weird thing um but you know uh he was diagnosed pretty early like uh, at the age of two because he took really long to start talking so my mom's like this is not Mm. um this is weird so she took him in and he was diagnosed with autism um and I've just always been extremely observant um I saw how hard it was on my mom so I would you know I would kind of try to help where I could, whether it's, you know, like, you know, keep an eye out at him at school, um, kind of like trying to learn about autism in the first place, I think is a really, really big thing. And not just uh, not just autism, because it's a spectrum, too. Um, And I think getting him diagnosed at such an early age is what kind of helped him. kind of learn how to I don't know what the word is but kind of manage the world a little yeah manage the world a little bit better um so he's kind of able to communicate a lot better um he's actually in college right now um and I'm yeah I'm so so proud of (laughs) he's he's doing good yeah honestly Um, honestly I feel like they're smarter than us they're so so observant like um he's so good with technology like at mm-hmm. such a young age i'd be like can you help me with this <laughs> like like or even to this day i'm like do you like can you help me set up the wi-fi here <laughs> he's such he's so smart and he loves working with computers and i think that's what he wants to do um so and you know as even though this whole process of going to college is going to take him longer I think that's completely okay Um, people are going to take college at different paces so if you need to take a break a year off two years off even five years off that's okay you can always go back to it Um, take it at your own pace Um, he's only doing a class one class right now Um, and I try to help out with that when I can since I kind of already went through the whole process I 
that reminds me I have to kind of <laughs> I have to go do his path software <laughs> so <laughs> you yeah. got things to do girl <laughs> I got things to do yeah because yeah. summer summer probably the summer schedule already came out um but yeah you know that's that's wonderful I feel um that what you just said applies not only for people that have difficulty with school but just anybody in general Mm -hmm. you know I think society puts these standards on us right like by 18 you're supposed to have this and by 20 something you're supposed to have this and by 30 you're supposed to have this and it's it's really not you're you are in charge of what you want to do with your life Exactly. And I still have to remind myself of that to that day when I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm behind in life. But, you know, you're you are at where you are at for a reason. And even you're not going to know why until later. And you'll look back at it and be like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Girl, as a psychologist. Oh, my God. We're so. I don't know. I'm like, this is kind of, this is kind of random. Um, pero siempre le digo a mi hermano, I have a, a younger brother and I always mm-hmm. tell him, I'm like, I don't know how God just hasn't like eliminated us all and just started all over from scratch. Seriously. <laughs> We're so complicated. <laughs> so complicated. Very. Um, but wow. Okay. So good. Good for your brother. Um, wow. As a, as a sister, I can see that maybe you took on a lot of the rules as a mom, because maybe your mom was busy working, trying to provide for you guys. Um, and I can see where your kindness and your good heart come from. Mm-hmm. That explains so much. <laughs> explains so much so I I love it because I'm getting to know you mm-hmm. um all right so girl okay so many of us had to deal with the pandemic like in different ways you know people were giving birth there's pandemic yeah. babies there's all that but trying to figure out like what you're passionate about or how you're going to use your degree if you're going to use it if you're not going to use it oh walk us through that how is that <laughs> It was hard, uh, but like having that period where we literally had to stay home, I'm like, it was so hard for me not to fall into this sort of depression. I feel like a lot of people experience that too, because it's like, okay, it's forcing me to really think about what I want to do with my life. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, I had gone through several jobs already and um the daycare I was working at during the pandemic, I didn't agree with how they were treating the employees. Um, and there's just a lot of shady things going on. So I actually quit during the pandemic because I was just so frustrated. I'm like, so I didn't go back. And so it gave me this opportunity to really think about like, um, what what am I passionate about? What do I really want to direct my time towards, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where I kind of started to look online and realize like, you know what? I really want to be a business owner one day. I want to have some sort of business. Um, And that's where I kind of fell into that whole virtual assisting and social media management role and kind of learned how to do that for a bit. Um, And then once the pandemic was starting to get little less bad (laughs) I took a role working at a school again um, and that went okay it was just a a bit of a drive for me and I deal with some driving anxiety especially in the snow 
Girl. I live in sunny San Diego and I have driving anxiety and we don't even have like traffic as bad as LA or like yeah. conditions and stuff, but a hundred percent valid for you to feel that yeah. way. Yeah, I don't like to drive, so I'm like, okay, uh let me just also quit that job and go full into this whole um social media management virtual assisting thing and I managed to get one client and I felt pretty good about that but then um I kind of had this idea that um things were going to happen faster than I thought Mm. Um, and that was not the case so I went back to work at a retail location and that was great I actually really enjoyed that job it was easy um it gave me enough like um, people interaction because I'm such an introvert. Really, <laughs> so I am an extreme introvert. I <laughs> wow, I would have never guessed. Really, uh, yeah. No, I, I am such an introvert, so I could only uh, take working with customers for so long. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, that company went bankrupt, so we were all laid off, and then oh. again. I had to kind of go through the whole job hunting process again. And then I was like, okay, let me try corporate. (laughs) And so um, this past, was it this past summer? Yeah, I worked at a a corporate location and it was the worst experience I've ever had at a job. Um, The job itself was easy, but first things first, I learned that I was getting paid a lot less than like a a white colleague man (laughs) we were doing very similar things he was also just fresh out of college but he was getting paid a lot more for doing pretty much the exact same thing and wow yeah that pissed me off (laughs) Uh, so it's like me too i would go burn the supervisor's office seriously and i already had to negotiate uh my salary prior to that like so they wanted to pay me even less and i'm like okay (laughs) i have a story Uh, about that if you want to hear yeah go for it so so i i worked in healthcare for 15 years and i had this one supervisor she was horrible i don't know who puts these people in management where do they choose them from girl because horrible people horrible the job itself i loved i love working with patients because i i have had um conditions medically that i've dealt with my whole life so i've always been Mm -hmm. in and out of hospitals and stuff so i love to get to know people and like get to help them out right especially in the medical field and so this was the surgery department because I've worked every department in the hospital, girl, trying to find my passion. Um, I've been through it all. But this was one of my last positions. I was working in surgery and billing. But they had me like cleaning. They had me checking in people. And I'm like, this is not the role, right? But I'm like, okay, you're just trying to do better to hopefully climb that ladder. Mm-hmm. And... um. I was like, I can't do this anymore. It was to the point, girl, where I was getting so sick that I would just cry myself every Mm -hmm. single day going home from work. And to get up and go to work was like a whole ordeal. And I was like, I'm going to quit. 
I'm going to quit. I'm just going to put it out there. Like I started looking for jobs. I started looking for jobs like in February and I hadn't heard anything back. Nothing. But I told my husband, I'm like, you know what? At this point, I I'd rather us be homeless than me having to go back to that place. <laughs> yeah. And so in August, I told my supervisor, I said, you know, I'm giving you instead of two weeks, I'm going to give you a month because in September I start a new job. And she was like, okay. By the way, the supervisor had thrown in my face when I would take vacation. Like, you know, one time my dad had surgery and so I asked for a few days off. Not a big deal. And she was like, no, we can't do that. And I, I you know, I ended up kind of doing my schedule to kind of fit what I needed so I would have to go in super super early and get so I could get off early and when I when I came back after like two I think I called out two days she was like oh it's not my fault that you went on vacation and I was like okay whatever so in August I said you know I'm giving you a month I'm being more than nice. I'm giving you a month to find somebody. I'll go ahead and train them. And, you know, then I'll be on my way. She said, okay, that's fine. She didn't start looking until the last week. That was supposed to be my last week. So this girl comes in. She was a transfer from another department. And she takes her into her office. And, you know, I'm doing my daily duties, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And this was towards the end of the day. So it was like the first day of training that I was doing with this girl. And she comes back out and she goes, Maribel, I'm so sorry. She goes, can I ask you, how much do you get paid? And I tell her and she goes, can you believe they just offered me $2 more? But she told me not to tell you. And I said, and why are you telling me? And then she's like, and, and this is not to hoot my own horn, Dina, like at all. No. Not uh-huh. give it. But she goes, you're such a sweet person and you really go above and beyond what this role is calling for you to do. And if they're going to screw you over, they're going to screw me over. And yeah. she never showed up again. Yeah. And the supervisor was so pissed. So then they had to like scramble and get one more person. They ended up getting a white guy. Mm -hmm. Tell me why in conversation, he was like really cool. He was like a gamer. Like his whole thing was to be like a Twitch gamer or whatever. Sure. (laughs) He comes back or that day, you know, towards the end of the day, she calls him into the office and he comes back to me and I'm like 10 minutes away from clocking out my last time, girl. Bye. Um, and he's like, um, he goes, so what's the highest pay here? And I was like, huh? And then I go, I don't know. I wouldn't know. I, I've been here for a year and I'm where I started. And he goes, well, they just offered me $4 more than what they were paying me. And I was like, wait, what? And he didn't have to pick up the kitchen. He didn't have to clean. He didn't have to like. Of course. And I was like, good luck, buddy. Like, just good luck. By the way, the supervisor was freaking out because I was literally training him on my my last day. So I only had one day with him. She came back to me and said, you know, is there any way you can talk to your new employer and like 
make it so they can give you like two more weeks off and i said you know what it's not my problem that you took vacation <laughs> yes she had taken two week vacation yeah not my problem <laughs> not my problem so i go back because i would get like a discount with mac and stuff and so my my co-workers would always order like lipsticks and stuff and i would go and drop them off the supervisor sees me she starts yelling dina she's like maribel oh my god are you coming back and i said no ma'am I'm not coming back. <laughs> I go, what happened? She said, can you believe this new guy? He just quit. And I said, mm, not my problem. Darn. Not my problem, <laughs> ma'am. That's, that's all you. All you. Uh. And he just ended up quitting. And I saw that that job went, like, it ended up posting. And the the weirdest thing, he says, you know, everything happens for a reason. And you're at wherever you're at in life for a reason. Um, I had told her I was going to start a new job September 6th. Mm-hmm. Like, two weeks before my last day that I was supposed to work there, I actually did end up getting a call back from my dream healthcare organization that I've always been wanting to work for. Yeah. And September 6th, even though I had lied to her at the beginning, it ended up being true. September 6th. That's amazing. Right? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so God was like, don't worry, girl, we got you. Cause this seriously, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it it takes a lot. It takes a lot to work in corporate America. And, you know, it's not even the jobs. It's mostly management. It really is management. Like, when you said that you, you would cry, I'm like, I would cry too. <laughs> I would go, like, to the bathroom and just ball because, like you said, they had me doing things outside of my job position. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... What is going on? Um, I thought it was hard for this not to yes. be something else. And on top of that, I just feel like the supervisor just had it out for me for some reason. Yes. Yes. Like, what is, like, what is your problem with me? Um, and I was the only person of color in my department, too. So to put that into <sighs> perspective, um, we were in a meeting. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I think I like... You know, my head got away from me and I started, I guess it looked like I was daydreaming or something. And she's like, hey, Dina, do you not care about what we're talking about? Like, just called me out in front of everyone in the whole meeting. And the girl sitting across from me, she was like, she looked scared. And I was like, I would be too. What the hell? Right, like you know if what? you have this, a problem with me, take it outside. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the supervisor that I'm telling you about, she would go, in my oh, office <laughs> and I the first time she did it to me I was like uh you know I called her by I don't want to say her name but mm-hmm. <laughs> I called her by her name like and I was very serious because usually I'm nice I'm kind you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not myself when I'm at work I I try to be professional and um and I was like I'm not your dog don't do that to me <laughs> seriously and she was kind of like what and I said, no, don't do that to me, please. You, you, My name is Maribel. Yeah. Like the audacity of these people. Seriously, the audacity. 
Oh, oh girl. Yes. So I could definitely relate to that. I can definitely relate to that. Now, in you switching jobs and, you know, trying to find your place in the world, did you have some, you know, some backup? Are you still, you know, being um, not supported, but like, are you being backed up by your family through these moments? Uh, yeah, I mean, my mom, she <laughs> she is so funny. She was looking at the job posting reviews, which is what I should have done. But, you know, I <laughs> needed a job. Um, and she's like, oh, I had a feeling you wouldn't like it because these reviews were not very good online. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it's like hard to read, too, because like uh, I kind of just took a leap of faith. I'm like, well, maybe maybe it's not true. Um but it turned out to be true. Um, do that. So, yeah. And like, I think she also learned too, alongside with me that like having a college degree doesn't equate to having a job. Um, unfortunately. And like, unfortunately. So she was like, so my family was so shocked. They were like even angry with me. Like you have all this study, but why is this so difficult for you to get a job you're smart you're dedicated like why is it so hard and I'm like yeah you tell me I mean there's a lot of like systemic barriers like I'm it's so different when you're like a white guy named Chad who has all these connections because his dad works at a corporate nepotism and he knows this guy who can get him in like that's completely different where we have to like build those connections mm-hmm. from scratch and that's really really hard oh my <laughs> so. god immensely and I've never understood um how okay you're supposed to have like this master degrees and you go to school you work your butt off because I've had friends that are like a like honor roll in college and like Mm -hmm. that's their life like they don't go out they don't nothing like they're studying they're doing everything possible and then when it's time to apply you're supposed to have like 15 year experience (laughs) wait what (laughs) i just what wouldn't you want somebody like fresh out of school that just learned these things and put it into Mm -hmm. practice and maybe like be able to make the place a better the working environment a better place there we go um it, it, that's insane to me mm-hmm. insane yeah. have you can, have you come across that yeah i mean in a lot of roles it's like oh you need to have this this and this but also 10 years of experience and i'm like well i was busy going to school and like trying to make money at the same time so i'm like you know some people that were more privileged to you know fully focus on school and not have to pay for other bills you know they were able to take those internships unpaid and you know that must be nice (laughs) right that must be nice and unpaid internships are a total load of bs if i do say so so try to find paid internships if you're in college it's free labor like no you are better than that but um yes like so. if I want to volunteer, <laughs> I want that to be on my own terms. I don't need to mm-hmm. involuntarily do free work for you. <laughs> Seriously. So <laughs> Wow. Okay. So now let's transition in what you've been doing in social mm-hmm. media growing what the space that you've created. Dina's corner, right? <laughs> um yeah. 
first off, can you just let the listeners know, you know, what your purpose was when you first started? Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it was all about community. I wanted to build a space that um, little Dina would want to be a part of. Um, seeing someone that had similar experiences to me, um, similar walk of life, um, talk about topics that aren't being talked about in the wellness and mental health space. Um, Because as nice as it is to know, you know, to meditate, to journal and all those stuff, um, it's a lot deeper for some of us. Um, That first gen trauma is real. um, And people need... A hundred percent. And people need to talk about that and normalize it. Um, And also, too, I'm such an advocate for therapy. And as you know, like therapy and like the Latino space, you know, it's still kind of like taboo. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I really want to talk about that and that it's okay to seek therapy. It's okay to take medication if you Mm -hmm. have to, to normalize all those experiences. So but also make it fun it doesn't have to be so serious all the time I think um I love to laugh I think that's like the best medicine sometimes and you know all these topics don't have to be so serious it's okay to kind of poke fun at them sometimes so yes I I love that because right now what you just said that little Dina would want that space Mm -hmm. when I came across your page I was like where has this been (laughs) <laughs> why aren't we why aren't we more of us doing this right mm-hmm. um and i do feel like there's a lot of spaces being created in the latino world yeah but i want to be honest with you dina <laughs> um they're not all inviting and they're not all for the people they're just riding yeah. the wagon that right now we're popular thanks to mm-hmm. Bad Bunny or Carol G or whoever you want to thank, right? Mm-hmm. I think people are just running into the train. And one thing that I've noticed that is such a toxic thing in our community as Latinos is that we see each other as competition when we're yeah. not. Mm-mm. We should be able to reach out to one another and be like, hey, how did you do this? Like, can you help me? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, you would be surprised the people that I've reached out to and that have either never replied or laughed at me and said, no, thank you. Oh my gosh. So rude. And it's people that are on TikTok and on social media promoting Latino love and culture and uh, oh my god. I'm like, if I could just expose these people, you know, like I, I wish yeah, we'll have to have a private conversation. <laughs> yes, girl, yes. Because a lot of people are not here. I don't feel like they're honestly here for our people and for us. Mm-hmm. Um And so when I came across your page and the way that you answered my email, um, you know, you didn't take a thousand years and you didn't laugh at me. (laughs) No, I would never laugh at you. You're trying to uplift our community, uplift voices. That's like I have so much respect for you for putting yourself out there. It's not easy. So no, it's not. But I feel like. You know, our stories need to be told because mm-hmm. if I'm just looking at you on social media, I feel like you have a perfect life. 
everything's perfect for Dina, right? <laughs> She's so creative. Like her pages are so cute. Her videos are, I can relate to her, but you know, where's the substance? Like who is mm-hmm. she? What, what are your struggles? I want people to learn about what the sacrifices that we make the times that we do cry because we cry (laughs) content creation is not easy especially Mm -mm. when you're trying to be meaningful um i have found that you know the guy with thick thighs shaking his ass on tables (laughs) goes viral but me trying to spread love and trying to spread like you know talk on taboo topics that doesn't go viral that doesn't get attention right Mm -hmm. and it almost sucks because i have to break down the clips of my interviews to be somewhat controversial for people to want to tune in and the little clips you know if i put a little clip of like i had an abortion and you know girl you should see those numbers oh i can imagine (laughs) you know what i mean like people want drama people want (laughs) you know to see you not thriving and i'm like no like let's be realistic but let's also like promote love and and wellness and you know therapy i always talk about therapy always Mm -hmm. because the trauma that we carry as first generations it, it it affects us in every single aspect of our life yes every single aspect and Right now, que estás diciendo that your family reacted that way with you. I think of my younger brother. So there's four of us. The first two were teenage parents, were unable to finish, um, or were even unable to go to college. And one of them didn't even graduate high school. She had to get her GED. But I was the first one to go to college, but I didn't finish because I felt like it was a ripoff. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then my younger brother went to college and he was the first one to graduate from college. And the amount of jobs that he's had since he's graduated and finally he found something complete opposite of what he studied. (laughs) Um, But he's happy. Yeah. He's happy. He's content. He has found his space. And, you know, not that long ago, my mom was like, Ayúdale a tu hermano. Tiene que agarrar un trabajo con más horas, con mejor pago. Él fue a la escuela, sabe los dos idiomas. And I'm like, Mom, he's happy. (laughs) Let him be happy. He might not be earning, you know, the amount of money that you maybe dreamed of. Or maybe that he even dreamed of. But money is not everything. He's happy. He's stable. He's able to pay for himself. He's very responsible. He's very disciplined. He's like into martial arts and stuff. And it allows (laughs) him to still do his mark. That's his form of therapy. Yeah. I'm like, mom, just let him be. Um, And finally, I feel like my parents have kind of understood like mental health is first. And, but my brother would get very um, desesperado with them. And he would call yeah. me and he would be so frustrated. And I told him, I said, brother, my parents didn't have the choice. They don't understand why we're moving around in jobs because they had to stick to the job. Right. Because exactly. there was no other choice. Mm-mm. My dad had to do jobs that you know gave out his back because he had a family to sustain 
he didn't have like oh i i you know they're treating me wrong i don't want to do this because guess yeah. what he didn't have parents to fall on but we do exactly mm-hmm. we know resources we know how to get around in this in this country they don't till this day mm-hmm. they don't my dad believes that by working your ass off and and collecting your 401k you're going to be able to live the best life at 65 <laughs> yeah and they keep moving that 65 a little bit further and further um and people that are supposed to be in retirement enjoying their 401k are not you know this is why we're seeing 80 something year olds 90 year olds you know working at walmart and complete strangers blessing them right so it's not about working hard it's not about sticking it out it's about just finding what makes you happy Mm -hmm. and not letting us get promoted by this whole you know go after the bag yeah (laughs) that's exhausting it really is so exhausting dina you have been such a pleasure to talk to oh thank you it's been my pleasure as well so thank you yes oh my god okay so before we leave where mm-hmm. have you been dina i miss you <laughs> we need to address I have to that. get back to it yes um, where have you been girl so i dropped off in the summer i being completely real and honest i went through a really hard period of depression and anxiety um and i had to um seek help but you know take a step back i struggle with kind of this toxic productivity sometimes that like i feel like i have to do a thousand things at once to Mm. really get you know so i'm like really working hard to you know take care of myself first and um but still work towards my dreams so but i'm doing a lot better now um and i'm trying to consistently post content more um and like sometimes there's a period as you're starting out as a content creator where you're like why am i doing this like i feel like no one's like watching nobody cares um and so you really have to kind of work past those those thoughts and you know what like even if nobody cares um i care it's something that i'm passionate about mm-hmm. um and that i want to continue talking about and uh and then i took a break this past couple of weeks just cuz again like here it's dark and gloomy all the time so i've kind of been trying not to fall back into that seasonal depression as well (laughs) it's so so hard like i think we it's like partly cloudy right now but for the rest of the week it's not going to be sunny until like the following tuesday so it's like it's really really hard um so you need to come to san diego girl I try to Girl. I try to tell everybody I'm like come to San Diego. <laughs> no, I like that's like where my boyfriend and I want to move someday. So it's so cool that you actually live there. Like that's yes. kind of like our dream place to live. You guys can come and visit. Aquí tienen su casa. I have a tiny little Aww. house, but um aquí tienen su casa. You're well you're more than welcome to come and visit me anytime. Thank you. Yeah. Uh we need the suns <laughs> yes yes get out of minnesota girl um mm-hmm. so do you plan on coming back 
Yes, of course. Um, I have some stuff lined up for this following month. Um, we'll definitely be a lot more consistent. I promise you can keep me accountable. <laughs> so I promise I'll have a lot more stuff this month. So, Oh, I'm yeah. excited. So for the people that are listening to my listeners, this is something that I have said before and I will continue saying till the day I die. The way that you can support somebody is not always monetarily. Likes, comments, let your favorite people on the internet know that they're your favorites Mm -hmm. and why they mean so much to you. Because sometimes we put out stuff and we see no reaction. And like, I'm so sorry, but in mine, you know what I mean? Like, it just you're like you're mind fucking yourself like yeah nobody's watching me and why are my views stuck at 200 and right nobody like people are watching it but nobody's liking it and you know like you just start messing with yourself Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I feel like you know many times I always try my best even though I have to be honest I'm not always on social media but when I am I try to leave positive comments you know Mm. I I don't go through the comments and read or try to fight with people if I don't like something I just keep on scrolling none of my business obviously that's not the content for me but it's for somebody else yeah um but like I said your your best way to support somebody that you see on the internet doing their best or you know your content creator whatever share their stuff comment on there even if it's just like a little heart emoji that yeah that warms my heart (laughs) it does um so yeah so i I'm, i'm gonna try to be more vocal with that because that's even something that i need to work on maybe because god like it breaks my heart to know that you were doubting yourself you should not doubt yourself Thank you. That means so much. But like you said, you go through this period of like, ah, why the F am I doing this? Yes. <laughs> Do people like my content? Am I, am I doing something here? And so it's just, you know, like you were saying, reminding yourself that you really do have a purpose. Yes. So you're unique. And if you're trying to, um, you know, start off as a content creator, just go for it. You know, it's not... Um, one size fits all your journey is going to be completely different from someone that blew up quote unquote overnight that does not happen um especially if you're trying to um spread education and spread good vibes and not start any drama so (laughs) exactly exactly because i'm like who are these insane people that go viral that's what the algorithm i'm like robots that's at least that's not what i want to see i want to see like good stuff you know but the good yeah. stuff is the one that never goes viral um, unfortunately so don't stop creating dina please i won't i promise i might take breaks but i will never stop so <laughs> <laughs> well try to make like content so when you take your breaks we're still seeing you yeah that's true it's very very true yeah i just gotta stop with this doubt <laughs> so. <laughs> yes i believe in you girl and I'm like, i am gonna hold you accountable I am. Please, please do. Please do. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> girly. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us and, and giving us an hour of your time. Of um, course. I truly have enjoyed this conversation. I hope it's not the last time that we see you on here. I would love no, to have you on no. again. 
please do. If you ever want me to speak on specific topics, I'd be more than welcome to. It's been such a joy. So, yes. Hi, girl. Well, thank you so much. And to everybody tuning in, um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. All the information about Dina is going to be down in the description box. And I'll put it throughout the video here, too, um, on YouTube. So you guys can go and follow her and support her. Um, let's build this platform together. Because I feel like every time I see somebody building a platform, I'm like, oh, I want to be a part of that. <laughs> yes. I want to be a part of that. So let's build this platform together. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we can all be little Dinapreneurs. <laughs> yes. I want to hear your story or I want to support your small business. To do so, please go ahead and visit embracingmymarkings.com. Thank you for tuning in.